Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Anyway, over in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not faint or lose heart in the new King James. King James says faint. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Father, I pray right now that you would send your Holy Spirit and he would anoint this word and it would land on the hearts of every hearer and it would do what his work is intended to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So I share what I'm going to share Monday, what I'm going to share over the next few moments with you. And two young men, pastors in in our district, in the Oregon, Washington, Montana, Idaho district, uh, came to me afterward and said, I don't know if it was for anybody else, but it was for me. And so we have made covenant, if you will, that um, we're going to walk together. And so they're, uh, we're, we're connecting through social media and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, uh, one of them said that was literally became like somebody threw the lifeline out to me. And uh, here's what the Spirit of God began to speak to me, that the thing that Paul was encouraging the church at Galatia in verse 9 was that uh, doing good is just one of the, I believe, I, I don't know that I'll call it a, a fruit of the Spirit, but it is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not one of the nine fruits, but it's definitely a fruit of the Holy Spirit where he will burden you, anoint you, and release you where you have a desire to want to do good things and help other people and be a blessing to your family, to your community. But the thing about being involved in that type of good works, I'm not talking about good works like the world does where they want to you know, do benevolent acts. And that kind of, I'm talking about good works where it is a motivation because of what Jesus has done inside of you and out of you now springs this thing. Paul said, there's no good thing dwells in me. And what he was saying was, in my own flesh, uh, there's, not much, uh, there's not much of value there. But once you become a Christian, once you're infilled and imbued with the power of the Holy Spirit, there's something, an inner motivation in you that comes from heaven where you will want to become involved in not just extending the kingdom, but being a blessing everywhere you can be. And I'm not going to take time to try and illustrate that, but just let that truth fall upon you. But the problem with good works is this. It requires effort. And whenever you're still involved in all the aspects of life, making a living and doing all of those kind of things, and then you want to be uh, involved in, in doing good and, and, and helping and all of that kind of thing, and you're, you're pressing in on that, what Paul was saying is that um, uh, don't grow weary or become weakened in doing that. Verse 9, this, this verb, this verb that we translated out doing, it means to bring forth, to make, or to do. Yeah, God anoints you, uh, but it's going to be your hands, it's going to be your effort, it's going to be your motivation, it's going to be your um, you know, uh, money and everything else. That's what you're going to bring to the equation, and the Holy Spirit of heaven is going to breathe upon that. And out of that, this word well, this word, it means beautiful or valuable or praiseworthy. Out of that come things that are beautiful and valuable and praiseworthy, not, not making you beautiful or valuable or praiseworthy, but because of what you're involved in, others will see what's happening out of you and they will praise and worship God. That's the whole context of what's happening. So the, the process of you being involved in, in good works is that out of what your activity is, God receives praise and glory. That people will see it and recognize that's God doing it, not Susan or Gary or fit your name in the slot. 
I'm not going to try to enumerate good works. Anything that brings benefit to another person is a good work, particularly when it's anointed by Holy Spirit to do it. Now, as you become involved in that and you make it a lifestyle, he said you're going to have to beware that you do not grow weary. And this is, this is an amazing part that uh, uh, begins to take place inside us. We've all felt it. We've all experienced We've all had the impact of it. But he said, if you grow weary, at some point, you're going to faint. You're going to, you're going to run out of gas. You're going to run out of energy. I've got two assistants that are going to come help me now. We're going to, I want to illustrate um, this because this word is not translated like you just pass out and fall over. No, there's, we're going to use a, we're going to use a modern iteration of an old, old weapon. Now, there are no arrows in the building. This is totally safe except for our volunteers. Um, but this is how this word translates and I want to, I want you to see exactly what takes place because as you do, it'll show the importance of how to be strengthened. All right. Phil and Vernon. Everybody say, God bless Phil and Vernon. (laughs) This is an ancient technology, the bow, but this is a modern uh, variation of it. So, good works. When the bow is like this, it's just good intentions. Yeah, that's capacity. It can project power. It can get you supper. It can do win you trophies if you're in the right matches and you do well enough, all that kind of thing. It's just good intentions, though, until the bow is put into play. And so Phil is going to demonstrate what that is. Now, I turned it down a little bit last night, um, but it's still probably 55, 60 pounds, and Phil's a strong guy. I mean, look at the muscles on this guy. Look at this guy. It's just amazing. He could probably stand there. What do you think, Deborah? Uh, an hour? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Phil's doing a good job. It's not quivering yet. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not, it, he's actually doing a really good job. I tried it last night and tuckered out after just very quickly. But, um, how you doing, Phil? Yeah, it's starting to get a little. It's starting to get there. Starting to get there. Good works when you're just doing it all by yourself. At some point, you're going to run out of gas. Your arms are going to get kind of like Phil's are. Uh, you're going to begin to say, when is this long, when did preacher going to shut up and, and go to the next? Oh yeah, he's starting to get the grimace smile. What happens on this is that God uh, will help you and intervene. Now the closest one we can find to God here today, yeah, is Vernon right here. There he is. And he's representing Holy Spirit. I was going, yes, amen. I was going to wait until Phil started crying out, will you please be quiet? Will you please get to the next point? Did that help? <laughs> Are the cameras on at all? If we, we're going to have to edit that out. All right. I asked them before in the back. I said, are you two friends? They said, yeah. And I said, well, how friendly are you? <laughs> so how are you doing now, Phil? You could, you could get, and if you need a little more help, he could probably help you out. Because it's probably not nearly as difficult for Holy Spirit there as what it is. And so, um, you guys are doing good. Let's give them a hand and let's, let's let them off the stage. There we go. Uh, I love things that project power. That's what the Holy Spirit is in you for. Is so that the power of heaven will be projected through you. Good works. You see, every revival, what its ultimate goal and reason for the Spirit of God coming, yeah, is to refresh the one who's weary. It's to refresh the one who's hungry. It's to satisfy the one. But really what it's ultimately, ultimately all boils down to is those that have been impacted by the move of God picking up a bow, picking up the weapon of God, if you want to use it in that. That thing to project the power that heaven's brought into your life. For it was never brought into your life just so that you could say, oh, I feel better. 
That's the side benefit. Yeah, you feel refreshed. You feel, uh, man, God's alive. God is real. And uh, 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 But the, the ultimate goal is, is for you to pick up, instead of just having good intentions about doing something, where you actually get your hands on the weapon of God, the Word of God, and all the analogies that go with that. I'm not going, that's, this message is not about that today. But where you get your hands on something, and it begins to manifest in what we call good works. That is, somehow what God's done in you begins to impact somebody else. Come on, somebody. It's great that you're here on Sunday morning. I'm glad. Uh, those church chairs need you in it. And we've got more, so bring others. But it's, it, that's all good. But it's more than just you having a place to come on a Sunday morning and listen to whoever's up here talking, encouraging, and teaching you. Somewhere at some point, you're going to have to get your hand on a bow. Phil, would you do one thing? Would you go back and get my bow again? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was going to tell you don't do it, but I just thought, you know, I'll wait until he's got it all done because Phil's a good guy. I love him. Somewhere, at some point, every church has to decide we're going to be a church that makes an impact in our community and not just a church that tries to say, hey, if you want something from God, come and join us. At some place, somewhere, somehow, the church is going to have to say we're here and it's not just good intentions, but we're going to get our hands on something and it's going to cost us something. We're going to be, we're going to need to strengthen. I was going to get somebody else and Vernon would have been Holy Spirit and then I would have had a brother in Christ and there's all ways to be strengthened in those things. But you get the point where it's going to require a lot of strengthening to be going on inside the body of Christ because we're all going to grow weary when we, when we're doing the good work. When we got our, our hand on the bow and we're packing the thing around and we're realizing that this isn't about me. This is about taking the, the word of God, which is the sword, but you can also say the arrow and it's about getting that projected out into somebody else's life. Why? Because God's not willing that any should perish. You were perishing before somehow the, 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 the arrow of heaven penetrated your old hard heart that was darkened with sin, that was uh, uh, the way of the sinner's heart, that was just going through all that stuff. Somewhere, somewhere along the line, God penetrated through the armor in your life and it broke you down and you said yes. We're all involved in this type of skirmish, whether we want to realize it or not. Because over in Ephesians, it said that we have the armor of God. One of those pieces of armor is the shield of faith. And what does the shield of faith do? Do you, do you remember? It quenches the fiery darts of the enemy. Our enemy has one of these as well. You did such a good job, Phil. I don't even need to show him I can do it. I, I'm not going to do that. So. This isn't, oh, man, we've, we've become uh, a part of a benevolent society. We've, been, we've become a part of a, of a group that is just filled with good people. Oh, yeah, they've all got past and all of that. And we're just here to love everybody. And we are here to love everybody. But, but if you think that this is uh, peace on the Western Front, you're sorely mistaken. The enemy is out to kill you, to take you out of the battle, to take you out of commission. And the, and the uh, um, uh, sneaky part about it is he will take the very things that you're doing to advance the kingdom and use them against you in this arena of fatigue. Amen. How many need help in doing what the Lord wants? How many just... Are, uh, I'm not asking if you're there now. We, we all have various levels of, of um, refreshing and, and weariness in it as, at almost at any time. Um, but I know, I've come far enough where I know on the inside, God, I, I'm needing help. I can feel it's starting, to, it's starting to be hard. Monday, when I shared that with the, with the pastor's group, there were several, and I don't maybe more, but there were several that came later, and they said, man, I, I've actually been thinking about writing my resignation letter. I've actually been thinking I can't do this anymore. I've actually been thinking I've, I've done all I can, and those kind of things. That's the enemy's tactic when it comes into your mind and in your emotions. And so here he's saying that um, whenever you're uh, at the point, you've been doing good, you've been involved in the battle, and, and you're feeling like I'm going, to, I'm going to just let the bowstring down, that some of these translations use the word relax or rest. It's not that at all. It's not taking a vacation. It's just that you can't keep the effort up anymore. You were never called to just keep up in your own strength what God has called you to do in his strength. And the moment you try to do what he's called you to do in your own strength, the fatigue will set in even greater 
than it normally will. Uh, I think it was Peter that Jesus turned to and he said, Peter, the, um, the spirit is willing. He said, your flesh is weak. <laughs> flesh is flesh, no matter whose bones it's on. It all is inherently weak. And it all needs to be strengthened by God and by each other. We're told to build up each other. Verse 10, it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, to everybody. But then he said, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know where the strengthening needs to first occur in, the, in, in this whole thing? Is brother and brother and sister and sister. We need to encourage. So at, at times, whenever you're just feeling overwhelmed, uh, it, the, the God will impress and anoint somebody to come up and say, do you need a hand? Is there something I can do? Is an encouraging word, a prayer, whatever? Have you ever had it happen? Amen. Now it's your turn to turn it around and you be the one that gives it and gives that word of encouragement. And so he goes on and he said in verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good. And then this is the part where uh, the Spirit of God wants to encourage you. And for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart or faint. Due season. It means your own private season. God is watching what's going on in your life. He's watching your efforts. He's watching what you're going through. He's ultimately and intimately aware of the battles and the struggles that you fight. He's, he's not distant. He's near to you, even unto your mouth. The Spirit of God is there to be a help in time of trouble, the, the Bible says. He's an ever-present help in time of... He's there, and, and it's, uh, the, the enemy wants you to think that, well, they got their season. They had some reaping come into your life, but God, I guess it's, I'm just a different brand, or I'm just a different in my own experience. No, we're all the same under Jesus in this regard, that when you need it most, there's going to be a season of refreshing come upon you. I think right now, what's happening at Asbury College is a season of refreshing that's coming certainly to that group. But I believe it's far more than just a local seminary that's being blessed a little bit. I believe it's something that is happening where God is is bringing the second time a fresh move and breath and wind of Holy Spirit into our nation because our nation needs it desperately today. Without revival, America is in trouble. And I love this country. I would die for this country. I thank God I was born here. But without revival, the forces of evil are coming at such an accelerated rate. But God always knows best. Amen? He always knows when the devil was saying, There, I killed the Son of God. I hung him on a cross. The Roman uh, legionnaire put the spear through his side. It's done. We don't have to worry about that guy anymore. God's going to have to come up with a better plan. If the devil knew what was going to happen on Easter Sunday, he would have stood down, I believe. But God's always ahead, and He's always ahead in your life. The struggles you're going through now is not the end of it. It's not that you're going to crash, you're going to burn out, you're going to, well, that, I thought I had a, no, the, the, the ultimate end of it is look what the Lord has done, what the enemy meant for destruction, what the enemy meant for bad. Romans 8 really is true that all things, come on, all things work together for those who are called according to the purposes of God. God's got the last word. All I'm encouraging you to do is say, Lord, here I am and send Holy Spirit. Send somebody else. Send your word and let it quicken and strengthen me today. I need your help. A couple last scriptures and then we're going to wrap up. You never know when you have a season just for you to reap from the goodness and favor of God. You never know when your season is about to change and come upon you. Oftentimes, it looks like it's the darkest of night just before it comes. Oftentimes it looks like all is lost just right before it turns. Oftentimes it looks like this valley of dry bones, God. I'm looking out over it and the Lord said, uh, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? They were dry. They were parched. They were dead. It was a valley of death. And God said, Ezekiel, you tell me, can these bones live again? 
Most of you know the story. Ezekiel, uh, I don't believe, wanted to really share what was in his heart. And he said, well, you know, Lord. What he was saying is, uh, I don't think I really have much faith in this one. You might be looking at a pile of dry bones in your life right now and wondering, how is this ever going to turn? The Lord knows how. And this is how he does it. Over in, uh, and I'm not going to have you turn there, but uh, over in Luke 180, it's talking about Jesus from about the 12th year of age and then for the missing years until finally he comes uh, on the scene and his public ministry starts at the wedding at, at Canaan. And it says this in the 80th verse of Luke chapter 1. It says that Jesus was strengthened in the spirit. Oh, so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. The word strengthened means strengthened or increased in vigor and growing strong slowly. Yeah, I believe in the book of Acts coming of Pentecost and suddenly there's the power of God. That, that is legitimate and that is there. But I'm going to tell you, God's committed in your life for the long haul and he will strengthen you slowly over time, over experiences, over things. Whatever it looked like it was a defeat in the days past, if you let Holy Spirit get involved, you'll find out that what was a defeat back then will actually turn around and be turned around and be for the glory of God and the victory of your life as well. He strengthened Jesus in this way. In 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-five, 35, uh, here, I believe it was David, he said, he, or that is God, teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arm. We were using that little analogy of the bow there uh, to uh, it capture the energy, energy from the string and from the limbs and put it into the arrow. It takes strength. And here he said, God taught my hands to war. He taught me how to hold on to that thing. And he strengthened me so that a bow of steel would be broken. That's not his strength. That's his strength. Come on, somebody. Over in uh, Psalms 1834, he said, Here, that is God, David again. He said, He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of brass. God is involved in strengthening his people. It's not about your strength. It's about his strength. What it is involved is your availability. You say, God, I need your strength. I want us to stand this morning. Intercessor would be praying. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, I'm not going to read it all, but in there in the context of it, it says, Consider Jesus, lest you become weary. Consider Jesus who endured, who endured so much to purchase our salvation. I'm going to encourage you over the next couple of minutes, if you have any sense of your own weakness and Holy Spirit moving upon you, I want to pray with you and pray for you. So I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. I'm going to ask you to take a step forward. I'm going to ask you to, to make a move. Don't just, don't just put this in the recess of your mind and let it, let it uh, pass by and, and uh, we'll pick up somewhere else. No, I believe right now is a moment to respond. And if you're in any situation in your life where you're feeling like, I don't know how much longer I can hold on, whatever context that's in, I want you to come forward right now and we're going to pray with you, whoever that is and whoever those are. If you're in a position today where he's like, I don't, have, I don't have what it takes. I don't have the strength in myself to do this. If you've been doing good and you've been involved in doing the best that you can, it's just like, man, oh man, I'm just getting tired. I'm getting weak. I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. And seasons change and people move on from, from one thing to the next thing. And that's all good and that's all, uh, that's all uh, you know, just part of life. But I'm talking about on the, inner, uh, on the inner part of you where your struggle has reached the point and you're like, I don't know if I can take another one. You fill in the blank. I don't know if I can handle much more. I don't know what else... Uh, God expects it me. I want you to come. Now I'm going to ask some of the others, the brothers and sisters, would you just gather in behind these precious, precious people that stepped out?
This is a holy moment because the Holy Spirit is involved. The Holy Spirit is the one speaking. He's the one that's dealing. I, I, I'm finished, but he's just getting started. 